fam, welcome to All Nations Baton Rouge Podcast, where we exist to help you find family, discover purpose, and change the world. Here's this week's message. I hope it is a blessing to you and your family. Here we go. 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 got your popcorn enjoyed amen some of you got your drinks this is christmas at the movies if it's your first time being with us we do this in december i dare not change the series in december amen everybody looks forward to christmas at the movies so we like to give you a movie like experience and atmosphere with drinks and with popcorn and in a minute i'm going to show you some movie clips and i'm going to preach in between can we do that can we have a little fun with it today But I want to challenge you before we get into this. The the anchor verse today is Proverbs, the 13th chapter, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When I read this, it tells me that potential that is not manifested into purpose will make me sick. When I live in the realm of potential and I never cross over into the the realm of purpose, I literally become frustrated or I can become sick because I know that I am not manifesting what I have the potential to do. The potential is the only thing that does not gain value when it is placed to the side. You know, when you think about when you think about investing money, if you put it to the side and you keep putting it to the side, it grows and grows and grows, especially if you know where to invest it. Potential only gets a realized value when it is released into the atmosphere as purpose. And I came to challenge a lot of you in this room today because you have become very comfortable in the land of potential. And a lot of you talk, let me tell you something. I know somebody who's stuck in potential when all I hear them say is one day, one day, one day, one day, one day, and I'm going to tell you what day. If I hear you say one day about three, four times, I'm going to say when. Because what are you doing today to make that day the day? I don't want to live in the realm of potential. I want to push out purpose. And a lot of times we don't want to push out purpose because it's painful and it's complicated. And success doesn't always look like smiles. Sometimes it looks like sweat. Sometimes success looks like frustration. Sometimes it looks like anxiety and worry. How in the world am I going to do this, God? But pursuing it and getting out of the realm of potential puts you into a place of purpose and moves you out of a sick place into the tree of life. What God wants you to do is live. And I'm going to tell you, so I'm in this season right now personally. I want to, before we get into this, I want you to take some time. This is a self-inspection day. This is not, this message, this is one day I know for a fact, this is not just for your neighbor. You know, we come to church and be like, oh, that was good. Do you get all that? I think that was for you. No, it's for you too today. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor, say neighbor. Mind your own business. Don't be bumping me. Don't be elbowing me. No, today is yours too. 
But I'm in this season right now of self-inspection where I am evaluating so much about my life. Like I'm in this, I actually had this revelation. I was, I was saying this to my wife on last night, but I really am a new Ronaldo. I realized over the last two years I've been evolving, right? So I've been, there is, you know, I think that, you know, I'm gonna mess with her a little bit. I think my wife evolves every year, amen? <laughs> every minute almost. <laughs> Who are we now? Just let me know, I'm trying to keep up. I mean, some husbands like, I was thinking the same thing, Pastor. I just didn't want to say it out loud. And some wives are saying, mind your own business. Amen. But I realize I'm in this place of evolving, and, and, and I'm having this realization that so much about me is different now. Even things I used to like to engage in, I don't engage in them the same. I don't enjoy them the same. I'm a different person. Right. And a lot of times when we are evolving, when people are used to us in one place, then they get frustrated with encountering us as the new person. And, and, and then it's frustrating for us to walk into environments where we expect it to be who we've always been instead of embrace for who we are now. Right. And so I'm in this state of evolution, but now I'm in this place of self-inspection and I'm really evaluating a lot of things. And I want you to do the same thing. I'm asking myself a lot of questions. Am I comfortable with where my life is right now? Does my life look the way that I desire for it to look? What am I not doing that I desire to do? What have I accepted instead of stretching to create something better? Am I happy, truly happy, or just comfortable? I'm asking myself a lot of questions, and as I am going through them, I'm leaning into the answers that create the world that I desire to live in. One of the things I did in, in 2019 heavily is relationally realign. I started really thinking about what, what do I want to do? Who do I like to be around? I'm not forcing myself to be in situations I don't want to be in. It's not, it doesn't say anything about anybody. It says, I personally want to live in the world that makes me happy. And so a lot of times we park in the possibilities of life, and we're going to see this through this movie last holiday. We park in the possibilities of life for different reasons. One, we don't want to navigate the pain of birthing purpose, or we don't want to deal with the people who are going to have a problem with the purpose that we're birthing. All right, you know, we don't want to go through the process that we have to go to through to birth the purpose, right? All of that is necessary. You can't get to where God is trying to take you if you don't go through the pain. You don't go through the process, deal with the people. Guess what? When I die, I don't want you saying I was a good man and I died miserable because I was just trying to please you. I am going to enjoy the life that I live. And so I'm in this place of self-inspection. And I'm in this place of evaluating everything and rethinking it all. And because of that, as I'm going through that, a new Ronaldo is emerging. One that I enjoy. I even enjoy how he looks. Amen. <laughs> and all of my mediums and everything. Oh, I love it. It's not vanity. It's love. Amen. I love me. But I want to stretch you today in this message. I want to pull you out of the realm of possibilities, and I want to push you into the place of purpose. 
Can we do that? When we look at this movie, how many of you seen Last Holiday before? When we look at this movie, we see a person who was living in a place of comfort. Life had become routine, and nothing about life was really what she was desiring to do, purpose to do. As a matter of fact, she thought that what she had was comfortable because she was used to it. What have you become used to that you no longer desire? Can we navigate that today? I'm not going to preach and stir you up today. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to stretch you before the end of the year. Let's look at the first clip. You see this area here? This is your mass. My mass? Your tumor. And this, and this, and this. I'm sorry, Georgia, but the virus has caused a very advanced case of Lampington's lesions. Okay, well, exactly what does that mean, Lampington's lesions? And Dr. Gupta hasn't told you anything about this, right? Well, I tried. Thanks. Without treatment, it's terminal. What? Like I'm gonna die? I'm very, very sorry. But I feel fine. I feel great. I just, I just finished a fat flush and... No dizziness or fainting? No, I got a tiny bump on my head, that's all. It's diabolical. Such a sneaky disease. I'm afraid, in your condition, you've got about three weeks to live. What? I got three weeks to live? Are you kidding me? Four on the outside. I'm sorry. You're sorry? Well, I'm sorry. I can't accept that. Then I think you should see Catherine Lenz. Okay. Fine. That's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. Catherine Lenz, okay. Is that the uh, brain specialist? No. She's your HMO administrator. Let me just save you some time here, Miss Bird. We won't cover you for this operation. Well, what you mean you won't cover me? I will cover through my HMO. If you feel you're being treated unfairly, these are our appeals procedures, which you have every legal right to pursue. Oh, what if I pay for it myself? How much would that cost me? The cost of a median cranial debulking surgery is around $340,000. That's without anesthesia. You'll want that. <laughs> my, my, my. <laughs> you know, I look at this clip because I think that it represents what happens to a lot of us, that our life is in a place of possibility, and a lot of times we don't get to a place of making a turn until life faces us with a challenge or an interruption that gives us a different perspective, right? Before, if you, if you watch this movie, before we get to this part, she's just going through life, you know? I mean, the monotony of life, just, you know, cooking her little meals and going to her little job. You know, she, she has this big dream, but if you remember in the movie, she locks him away in a photo album. It's like she looks at what could become, but she never gets the courage to actually pursue something different until life interrupts us or interrupts her. A lot of times for us, life has to interrupt us in some way. Maybe we incur loss, or maybe we have unexpected, an unexpected circumstance. Sometimes some of the greatest entrepreneurs have emerged because they lost their job. 
They already had the capacity to be an entrepreneur, but they had to be faced with loss in order for them to get a new perspective. I want to challenge you today. I'm seriously, seriously wanting to make you uncomfortable today. I want to make you uncomfortable with what has made you comfortable because I believe many of you are in a place in this place that is living beneath what God has said about you. Living beneath the purpose that God has for you. I believe that there are ideas in this room that need to be birthed. I believe there are businesses that need to be manifested. I believe that there are things. And some of you have allowed the circumstance that really should have gotten the interruption that should have gotten your attention for a new perspective. For some of you, you let it give you a worse perspective. And now you're buried underneath some things when God is trying to give you your breath back today so that you can get up and do what he desires you to do. Too many of us have created our own book of possibilities. Whether they're physical or metaphysical, you dream of the possibilities of life, but you never make them a reality. A lot of times people look, I've had a lot of people that look at me and say, I don't get it. Like, how, how do you do all these things? You've accomplished all this and you're still young and all this. One of the things that have made me different is that I am not afraid to get up and do. I love my parents dearly, but I, when I was younger, one of the things I used to hear them say all the time was one day, one day, one day, one day. And when I first got married to my wife, I was like, you are not going to hear me say that a lot because I would get frustrated because I just never saw it manifesting. So as a child, I'm like, when are we going to do it? You know, when is the day going to come? You know, I hear people say, one day I'm going to be a millionaire. Okay, what's going to be the process? Are you waiting for money to just fall out of heaven or are you going to get up and apply yourself and do something? And so the strength of who I become is this willingness to get up and do. It doesn't mean that I do it perfectly all the time either. And a lot of times, if you were actually at home with me or riding in the car with me, you would see that much of it stresses me out. But the stress is not going to cause me to stop. I still get up and do. When I, when I accepted the role of CEO at 27, my actual logic was this. I said, well, if I fail, I'm only 27. I'm sure I'll find something else to do. It gave me the courage to take the job. Now, the first few days I was there, I sure was thinking, what was I thinking? <laughs> I, wrote in the, I wrote in a journal. I didn't keep it up. I was really trying to be all deep. I'm like, I'm going to journal this whole experience. I journaled the first few days. And after the first few days, I'm like, I'm tired of writing this. This is stupid. <laughs> this job is stupid. It's stupid. What was I thinking? I'm stretched out. But guess what? I actually became very good at it. I would have never known how good I could be at it if I never had the courage to actually do it. In James, the second chapter, 14 through 17, we read this a lot in the New Living Translation. It says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces. I was reading this and I just stopped. Unless it produces. 
What is faith producing in you? What is your potential producing in you? What are you going to do with what God has gifted you with? Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. It brought me back to the parable of the talents, how you gave one five, one two, and one one. It said, actually, he gave it to them under, uh, according to their measure that they were able to receive. So they were given what they were able to handle. And we saw what they did with what they were given. Now, those that did something with what they were given were able to do something more with it. I like to lean into the one that got the one because I don't think we study that one enough. I think the one represents the faulty mindsets that many of us have. I actually think if we got an opportunity to lean into the one, the one probably sat around pouting for a little while. Gonna give me one and gave them two and gave them five. What I look like with this one? You know, comparison. Then coming back, say, well, Lord, I know how you are. I know how you are. You could be mean. That's why I get it. Fear. And I don't even know that it's fear. I think it's more manipulation. Excuses. All the reasons we come up with for why we can't do what God has gifted us to do. Oh, today I'm telling you, it's not a shouting message. It's something to give self-inspection. I want you to dig deep because I believe that God is trying to pull something more out of you. Let's look at the next clip. And ask the good Lord to guide his hand in his important good works. Amen. Amen. Oh, why me? Oh, dear Lord, why me? Georgia? Why me? Why me, Lord? Lord, dear Lord, Lord, why me? Bless the Lord. Lord, Y'all, that brought y'all back, didn't it? 
Y'all like, oh, we in church now. I think it's very comical, but I love that clip, you know, because that's where most of us stay parked and paralyzed. Considering why me? Why did I have to be given these circumstances in my life? Why couldn't my life look like this other person that I'm seeing, even though I'm only seeing the highlight reel of the other individual? Why don't I, why am I not as successful? Why, why, why? And many times what happens when we, when we get parked in the question of why, one of the many times it ain't even answerable. Sometimes we just have to go through the process that God has for us. What happens is we become stagnant and we stop instead of allowing God to continue moving us forward. We are not going to understand everything that God has for us to do. It says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. The Bible actually admonishes us to trust in the Lord with all our what? Heart and lean not what? So the reality is that if I get parked in my mind and if I get stuck at the why, I'm never going to have all of the answers for why God has structured things the way he has. I just have to trust God. This is really the heart sickness. This is what makes us sick. Why? Why me? Why did this happen to me? Why didn't it work out the way I thought that it was going to work out? Why didn't God heal my loved one? Why was I born? You go all through these things, and so then anxiety comes in, and depression, and self-loathing, and, and what happens is we begin to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse all of the misfortunes instead of looking forward in hope at the things that God has in front of us. I was thinking about this last night. I said, we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done, but then get frustrated with God's design for us and question the process that he takes us through. Because we've learned to pray out of a religious mindset and we don't even realize what we're saying. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy I'm saying to you, God, that I'm okay with you executing your will, but when I get in the process, I get frustrated with the path that you're taking me through. You sounded just like Naaman. Well, why in the world would you choose my healing process to be that nasty river of Jordan? Wait a minute. Are you worried about the river or the healing? Are you worried about the process or the position? Are you worried about the pain or the promise? We celebrate the beautiful baby. And once the process of pain is complete, we don't spend a lot of time remembering that. We look at the possibilities of what that child can become. But let me tell you something, whether you push it out or cut it out, it hurts to get a baby out. And when you consider being pregnant with purpose to get it out of you, it's going to be painful. I want you uncomfortable today because I want a church of people who are discovering their purpose so that they can change the world. We cannot be world changers if we don't push out the purpose on the inside of us. Our own individual, unique purpose. Not your neighbor's purpose, 
Let me tell you something, even husbands and wives, me and my wife have some things to push out together, but there are some things that are unique to her that God has for her to push out on her own. It's her purpose. In two weeks, I believe, she graduated with a master's. I didn't get that master's for her. That's her. That's hers. That's her purpose. She had to navigate the process. And it was a process that we all felt. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We give you glory that it's over, God. <laughs> I was reading this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, and we've heard this a lot. It says, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's not an accident that we prayed over minds today. Some of you need a new mindset if you're going to birth what God has on the inside of you to birth. God, I thank you for this pain that I'm encountering because I know as a result of this pain, I'm no longer parked in potential, but I'm on my path to purpose. God, I thank you for the people who have created a resistance because I know resistance helps me to build strength. So help to teach me through this difficult person how to navigate differently. Be thankful in all circumstances. Time's sake, I won't show you this next clip. I'll end up showing you the final one. But we see a few things happens once she has faced with this interruption and once she has a new perspective that I have a limited time to produce what I've always desired. Right. She starts to have all of these things that she she quits her job. She flies to another country. She begins to engage in extreme behavior, some of which are life threatening. But she's like, well, I'm dying anyway. Well, so I might as well. Right. You know, it's a clear it's a sign that something is wrong with her, right? Because I think this, sometimes we have to think about it this way. Acting strangely, you know, can be a red flag, not a badge of honor. I want you to think about that when you have people around you and you're ignoring something that's changing in their lives. Maybe they are pursuing purpose, but you need to make sure that you're helping them to process their pain. But you see, yeah. Because I believe that when you're in somebody's life, that God has you walking alongside them for a reason. You shouldn't run when your friend has pain. You should get there. You shouldn't drain them of all their availability when you need them and then not be available when. Amen. Remember what I said at the beginning of the message? It's for you too. Amen. But she's living extremely because she cannot find life within herself. At the end of the day, she's still dead inside. As a matter of fact, she's already accepted death. A lot of you have already accepted death. Marriage made you believe that you can no longer dream. Parenthood made you believe that you had to put things on pause. Instead of figuring out a new path to birth what God had on the inside of you, you start looking at the obstacles that you perceive. These were things that God actually designed to help to propel you into purpose. And you started looking at them as obstacles that are blocking you from producing. <laughs> Refusing to pursue your dreams because of fear and doubt is not a badge of honor. It's a red flag. 
that something needs to be addressed in you so that you can become who God designed you to be. Fear should never be our master. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, Timothy, the first chapter, verse 7, for God has not given us what? A spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Another version said, and a sound mind. Fear is not our master. God is, and therefore faith should be our guide at all times. I do not serve fear. And every time I feel that fear is making my decision for me, I know I'm making the wrong one. Let faith make my decision for me, not fear. And when I begin to embrace this mindset, then I can do things differently. As the movie progresses, you see she begins to do things differently. Some of y'all, y'all need to learn how to just laugh more, love more, live more. Some of you just look mad all the time. And we don't want to be around you. I don't. If you always looking like you sucking on sour pickles, keep that energy over there. I'm good over here. Just keep looking straight ahead. Don't, 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 don't bump your neighbor. Here's the thing, and I will say this. No one can actually know you, right, or even you can't even know yourself until you start to live and stop allowing yourself to waste away as a result of fear. I actually had an interruption a little over two years ago. I had a burnout. The burnout was the first interruption where I knew something had to change. And even though I had all of this success, I realized that there were areas of my personal life that were not succeeding. So I was actually succeeding in business. The church, fastest growing church in the area, all the, everything I'm propping up was succeeding. But internally, I did not have the personal desires that I had for my own self-satisfaction. I didn't begin to discover new things about myself until I began to lean into the interruption. And the more I began to find myself personally, the more confident and able I was able to lift up the things that I had without suffering on the inside. And this evolution that is now me is who was always present but who I could never find because I was not willing to allow myself the space to do so. Fear keeps us quiet, alone, and dead on the inside. Hmm. What would you do? I want to ask you this question. What would you do if success was inevitable and fear was impossible? What would you actually be doing if you knew that for a fact you would succeed? And what if fear and what if failure was impossible? If I knew for a fact I would not fail, if I knew for a fact I would succeed, what path would I be on? Start by asking yourself that question, then design your life to get there. For time's sake, I'm going to go to the final part. You have all the time in the world to turn things around. A lot of times when I, what I mean by that, you don't have an eternal life on earth. You will have eternal life in heaven. But there's time in your day to figure out how to get a new start. Because one of the biggest excuses we have for not doing what we were designed to do is I don't have enough time. That is an excuse. It's a fallacy. Because we make time for the things that are important to us. 
I don't have enough time, but I sit hours and watch reality TV. I don't have time, enough time, but I sit on the phone for hours and hours and hours talking about nothing. Half the time is gossip. <laughs> I don't have enough time, but I binge eat all day. You got some time. You need to learn how to redirect your time to the things that matter so that you can produce what God has on the inside of you. And you need a budget for your time. What is it that I really want to be doing with my time? Hmm. When I think about this and I think about many people in this room, so many people are dead on the inside. But today I believe that God wants to give you life. I believe you have killed your dreams before you came into this room, but I think that God sends people specifically in this room today so that your dreams can come alive again. I love at the end that Georgia finds out she's actually not going to die. That whole process birthed a new mindset in her. But the reality is that if she was never faced with the potential of death, she would have never found life. And today is your day to find life. Can I tell you something today? You are not going to die. You are going to live. You are in a church that cares about you becoming all that God has created you to be. Remind you, you can come. I want to speak this as we're closing Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. I love this scripture. We've heard it before. Because I believe some things are going to, there are some dreams that you buried. Some things you haven't thought about since high school. Some things you haven't thought about since before you became a mother or a father. Or before you got married. Or before you failed the first time. Because some of you failed in that car. There were some circumstances that made you abort your dream. But today I believe that God is bringing it back to life. I love this scripture. It says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around, uh, all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. I'm seeing a vision of your dreams being dried out and scattered all around and your destiny that you have let you have let go of the things that you put down. I see them dried all around. He says, then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I'm talking to your dreams right now. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. It says, so I spoke this message. Not only did I hear God say, declare, I did it just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Ooh. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the words of the winds. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say this is what the sovereign lord says come oh breath from the four winds breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again so i spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies they all came to life and stood up on their feet a great army and i 
say to you on this morning, Sandy and me, I say to you on this morning, speak a message into your dreams. Speak a prophetic message, you will live again. Speak a prophetic message, you will manifest. I will not suffer in silence. I will not allow my dreams to die, but I command the purpose of God to come forth. I believe that God came to revive some things in you today. I know it wasn't a shouting message, but it is a message that's about to transform your life. Lift your hands all over this room.